Greetings and welcome to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. I'm Sandy Clough alongside Coach Carl as always as we uh, head into the month of December. Uh, DU on the road this weekend at Minnesota Duluth. We'll talk about that series in just a moment. Uh, but the Pioneers are coming off this weekend past a two-game series sweep at home of Arizona State, 3-2 on Friday night and 5-2 on Saturday night. Uh, we'll get to those games in a moment, Coach, but uh, the most recent news involving uh, your team includes Sean Behrens, Shai Booyam, and Jack Devine being invited to the uh, – Team uh, USA training camp for the 2023 World Juniors. Great news for your program and a terrific accomplishment for those three individuals. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited for all of them. Um, you know, I think it's it's certainly an honor anytime um, you know our our players get invited to those types of things, and um, you know to build off of uh, last year's tournament where. You know, you had Sean um, Carter and Aiden Thompson and, and Shai Booyam also were at the camp uh, with a really good opportunity um, to make the team as well. Um, you know, Aiden obviously gets hurt and Shai was really close um, to making the team this summer as well. And Jack Devine was participating um, in the camp for this year. So to have five players there um, over the summertime uh, is a really good thing uh, for the program, I think speaks to the the level of uh, recruiting that the Tavis McMillan and, and Dallas Ferguson are doing and the, the type of players that we're able to get into our program right now, um, you know, bodes really well for, uh, for them, but also for the program. It means we're in a healthy spot. These are three sophomores. How much have all three improved over their freshman years a year ago? Yeah, they, they've improved a lot. Um, I think, you know, Jack Devine getting a lot stronger, um, you know, came as a an underage as a freshman, you know, similar to what Bobby Brink did. And people, for you know, sometimes forget that about Jack. And, um, you know, it was probably a guy, to be quite honest, that, that they didn't really have, you know, locked into coming into camp, uh, if you were to ask him 12 months ago or uh, even six months ago. And so, I think Jack's done a really great job uh, playing his way into the mix, um, which is great for him. And then um, Shy just continued to see the development of his overall game. We know what he can do offensively, um, but continuously challenging him to be hard at the net front, you know, have good gaps and, and shut down plays in corners. And that's the type of role that he will need to fill uh, to make that team. And, and Sean Barron's, uh, just continues, I think, to advance and progress all aspects of his game. He's he's always been a 200-foot defenseman and um, getting faster, getting bigger, um, and just more confident uh, with the puck and without the puck at the level. So, again, um, you don't get invited to these types of things if you're not showing improvement and growth, and um, all three players have in their, um, you know, 18 to 24 months that they've been with us. And it's, uh, we talk about th these things on a fairly regular basis at uh, DU around this time of year uh, with players being invited uh, to the training camp uh, for the World Juniors. Uh, it's a real tribute to your program that you are as well represented as you are, right? 
year after year after year. I mean, you might lose these players. They're valuable players uh, for a game or two or three uh, here and there. But uh, the positives vastly outweigh the negatives, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's great exposure for, for the program and for the university um, to have the University of Denver being talked about um, on national television, um, particularly in Canada, where uh, the event is is very, very well uh, watched and attended. And, um, you know, it's, it's a way for younger prospects uh, watching the tournament to get exposure um, to the university and into our hockey program. So um, I think that that's, that's a really good thing uh, for our program. And, and it, um, you know, again, it, this isn't, as you stated, we, we talk about this every time this time of year. I mean, that's been going on uh, with our program for, um, you know, the last 15 years probably where there's been a consistent representation of anywhere from one to three players um, on a given year getting the, these types of opportunities. So um, really proud of them uh, to be able to represent their country with, with the Americans. And, um, you know, we've had other countries represented in the past as well, but um, yeah, this year we'll, we'll all be able to cheer for the Americans uh, full throttle. Well, we'll talk about Friday night's game a little bit more than we normally do coach uh, because there was uh, I guess some controversy. I'm not really clear on why there would be such controversy regarding the game-winning goal on Friday that gave you a 3-2 win uh, in the final minutes of the game. It was a weird play, though, not uh, what you would normally consider a conventional hockey goal by any means, but to me, it was uh, legal all the way. It's been viewed by many people from many different angles, many different times. Uh, as we sit here this week, uh, looking back, is there any question in your mind as to whether the game-winning goal, which is credited to Carter King, was a good goal? Um, no, there, there's not in my mind. And, and we... Uh you know, uh, Ron, our sports info, um, you know, he has people uh, working throughout the arena during the game, uh, getting footage for uh, Twitter, um, you know, uh, short videos, things like that. And um, one of them actually had a handheld camera uh, during the game on that spot. And very clearly, um, it's a different angle from anything that, that you see um, that's been out there. And again, you, you very clearly see um, that divine stick never touches um, the puck. I, I understand there's, there's comments about there, there should have been a slashing called on the play and um, you know, ultimately but they that's, can't that's do that. Right. They, the the officials yeah. aren't allowed to call a penalty there when they haven't called one. That Correct. They're reviewing, it's, it's not, actually they reviewed it twice, but they're not reviewing uh, a penalty that they've they've already called. Right. I guess they could assess a major penalty, but yeah, the, the only thing you're allowed to do is review that, right? Yeah, you can review a major penalty or or an infraction for a major, but you cannot review anything for a minor. And I think ultimately that's that's a good thing. Otherwise, we would have the people yeah. who want it right, and and we all want it right. But um, you know, that that's a slippery slope you go down with wanting to review um, minor penalties as well. And so 
um, that's why um, that never came into play and, and really shouldn't be a part of the discussion. Um, the, really, the only thing that should be a part of it is was there contact uh, stick with puck and um, ultimately through all the angles, um, you can see there wasn't. And I think to me, the probably the bigger challenge or issue is fixing the fact that, um, and I don't, I don't blame Arizona State for, for trying. It's a huge moment in the game. There's two minutes left. Um, but to be able to challenge something that just was looked at for eight <laughs> minutes um, doesn't seem very logical. And so that's something that I think probably needs to be addressed and will be addressed in the next rule change year. Um, because very well, if they had uh, gone back and said, yep, you're right, no goal, we looked at it again, uh, we then could have challenged again. Good. And we could have had three challenges on the same play. And I don't think that that's um, a healthy thing for the game um, either. So totally a weird play. We've had many actually in the last um, three weekends where there's been goals called off. There's been things that we probably should have challenged for goalie interference that we did not, that we would have potentially gotten um, as late as, you know, Saturday night, uh, their first goal in the video replay system, unfortunately and embarrassingly was down um, in our building for the, for the whole uh, entirety of the hockey game. And so, uh, and it obviously affected a play that they wanted to challenge on the Barons uh, potential kicking goal. And um, so anyways, there, there's a lot to digest with video review. And, um, you know, I think getting back to your question, um, do I believe Friday nights was a goal? Yes, I do. Um, Saturday night, should the video system have worked the whole entirety of the game? Yes, it should have. Um, and that's not good that it didn't. So, um, anyways, that, that's kind of the, the gist of, I would say, the, the video review controversy that, that happened on the weekend. It is what it is. And um, we're, we are obviously uh, moving on and, and looking ahead to uh, Duluth and also try not to let it affect you know, the, the play that we had this week and we, we played really well and um, we deserved the results that, that we got. And I think that's important to, to share as well. So really proud of our guys and, and how we stuck with it on Friday and, and, and how we started on Saturday um, against a team that we knew would come out with a lot of desperation. We'll talk more about that Saturday night game. Look ahead to Minnesota Duluth as the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl continues. I think we're burying the lead a little bit, uh, and that's my fault, uh, Coach, as we continue the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl, uh, talking about uh, that disputed goal, if you can call it that, on Saturday night, burying the lead, which is that you had 99 shots on goal over the weekend in the two games. You had shot them 99 to 40, 56 to 20 on Friday night, and 43 to 20 on Saturday night, you hit on it just a few minutes ago when we were talking. You came out, I thought, on Saturday night much stronger than you had on Friday night. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I would agree with that. I mean, Friday, it, it took us a little bit of time. We, we got better, I think, as the game wore on on Friday. Um, I liked our first period and, and our start. Um, I thought we took our foot off the gas maybe the last 10 minutes of the first on Friday. Um, and then Saturday, you know, they, it was a good hockey game in the first period, but I liked how we, we pushed and we dictated and they had some shifts too, where, um, they certainly had some chances in the first period. Um, but they didn't carry the play 
um, like you would uh, be fearful of when you read their quotes and how they talked about their effort and their execution um, on Friday night. So uh, for that, uh, you know, I thought we punched and we punched back um, in the first period on Saturday night. Uh, we, we scored two late goals there um, to end the period and, and go into the room up to nothing. Um, ultimately, I think it was a big uh, step in mental maturity um, by our team to be able to uh, go out and and play a really good first period after uh, what transpired on Friday night. You played Matt Davis between the pipes on Saturday night. Uh, I would assume that you did that uh, because of his play and work in practice, but were there any other reasons? Um, no, I think a lot of it was the, the play and the work in practice. And, um, you know, we've talked about it on the show before. I mean, we, we want to, we've wanted to get them starts, um, you know, especially like per segment, try and get them at least one, if not two. Um, generally the segments are anywhere from six to eight games. And, um, you know, he, he played against Maine. He did not get a start in the second segment. Um, we probably had the Miami Saturday night game penciled for him, but Magnus, um, you know, played excellent on that Friday night and it made it hard for us to, to take him out of the net. And so, um, you make these plans and, um, you know, sometimes they go as according to what you drew up and sometimes you adjust and on the fly. And, um, you know, I, I would tell you that, um, you know, three weeks ago, we probably didn't have this as a game for Maddie to play. Yeah. Um, but again, he's continuously worked in practice. He's improving um, to a high level. And it, it was it was time for him to get into a hockey game. And uh, the coolest part about it is how excited the Magnus gets <laughs> for him um, and the team. When when we announced on Saturday morning that, that Maddie was going, I mean, we you don't get a lot of round of applause uh, when lineup is, is shared yeah. on Saturday after our meeting. And, um, you know, the guys were thrilled for Maddie, gave him a round of applause, some hooting and hollering, and uh, they were really excited for him. So, um, and, and he went in, like we said, um, and he played exceptionally well, made some really big saves there in the first period. Um, yeah. You know, he lets in the two in, in the third one, arguably um, there's some, some bumping of him. Uh, prior yeah. to the goal and then you know the second one it's a it's an odd play it, it bounces off and it's one he would want back but um you know he, he played exceptionally well distributed the puck well um on breakouts and moving advancing pucks up the ice it's a huge strength of his being able to play the puck and uh we saw some of that which is good that he feels confident to be able to get out of his net and be doing those things has he earned another opportunity i know you have 20 games left it's possible to project how many of those games he would play, but yeah. did he play well enough to maybe uh, earn some shots at playing maybe even this month? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think we'd, we'd like to get him in again uh, before the holiday break when that is uh, not totally sure yet, but yeah, he, he has definitely earned the opportunity um, to, to play again and, and to play more. And um, again, we'll, we'll stick with, our initial plan that we had kind of going into the year and, and continuously look at it to, to try and adjust. But that plan was to get him um, starts this year. Absolutely. Uh, Jared Wright had a big game on Saturday night with two goals and uh, the pass from Thompson hitting a streaking 
right on uh, the right wing side and uh, his uh, backhanding one uh, between the goaltender's legs was really a beautiful goal. And he has started to come on, hasn't he? Five goals now for him. Yeah. Yep. I think he's, he's kind of learning um, again, how we play and we're learning how to help him be himself within how we play. Um, like Saturday, he had a great one-on-one video session with Tavis, um, you know, just talking about a lot of the things of his game and, um, you know, you, you want to, you want his speed to come out within our structure and how we play. And I think what's great about the two goals is the first one, you know, he, he can fly, but he's got controlled speed in the middle of the rink. His hands are ready. He gets a really nice pass right in the slot. Uh, from Shai Booyam and, and one touches it into the back of the net, um, takes a hit, but he's not moving uh, all that fast. He's got controlled speed. And then on the second goal, um, he reads open ice from a D-zone breakout situation, and he's absolutely flying. And he, he attacks that weak side post, slides it through the goaltender's five hole. Uh, very similar goal that we saw in the UNLV exhibition game out of him. Um, almost carbon copies and um, so it, it's great that he he can score both of those goals in the same game in different ways and using his speed and his edges um, to control himself and also to get up and go. We'll talk about Duluth upcoming this weekend at uh, uh, Amsoil Arena when we continue the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. Stay with us. This is the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. And as we look ahead, Duluth on the weekend, a 6 p.m. start Friday night, 104.3 The Fan HD3. And at Duluth on Saturday night, same time, 104.3 The Fan HD3. Uh, this has become, over the last decade, quite a robbery, hasn't it, Coach? Because uh, you played, I think, 37 games in the last 10 games going into this weekend's uh, two games set. You've won 20. They've won 14. Three have ended in ties. And you're five and two in postseason play against them. And of course, one last March 26th in the West Regional Final up in Loveland at uh, the Budweiser Event Center, uh, two to one in what many thought was the best hockey game, perhaps, of the NCAA tournament last year. Yeah, there's. Uh... I think it's a great rivalry, a um, lot of respect for each other in our programs. And uh, yeah, we've played each other a lot, um, you know, and we've played in playoff hockey. Um, you know, it seems like we play each other in the NCHC girls and faceoff every year. Um, right. We have not been as successful in those, but we obviously, we ended their season last year. Um, we've, we played in an NCAA championship game five years ago and, um, and also played in the NCHC first round um, six, seven years ago. So there's been a lot of playoff hockey uh, between the two teams. And, um, you know, I think that builds rivalries, but I think it's always uh, had a level of respect to it because of our, our staffs. And, and this predates me. And um, I think it says a lot about who Scott Sandlin is and type of coach and person he is. Um, but there's also been a uh, always been a healthy competitive rivalry between Denver and Duluth um, in Sandy's time uh, at UMD. So um, looking forward to getting up there. Um, it's a it's a great road trip. It's a great building to play in. Um, 
like the hotel, like the food. Um, so it, it, we're excited. And the, and the hockey is going to be great. It always is uh, when our two teams get together. They are not ranked uh, as of this week. Uh, their record is eight and eight. Uh, CC shut them out last Friday night. They returned the favor with a four nothing win over CC on Saturday night. Uh, but their record's only eight and eight. Uh, they're only four and four in your league. Uh, I'm sure in your mind that doesn't make them any less dangerous, but is there anything you can pinpoint as you've looked at them um, that maybe surprises you a little bit that uh, uh, they're in sixth place in your league right now and they're not ranked national? Yeah, I mean, you know, you follow teams, um, especially within our league and ones that, you know, you're coming up on. And I think, um, you know, I think one of the things that that uh, Sandy, you know, Scott Sandlin continuously, when you watch his press conferences, um, they're generating shots on goal. They're, they're generating um, chances, but their ability to put the puck in the back of the net, I think, is something that that they've been working on um, and that has been a little bit inconsistent for them um, this season. And so, um, you know, they're they're vastly out shooting. Um, their opponents, but uh, they're they're only at 2.3 goals a game, and they're giving up 2.8. And so it's I think it's one of those situations where um, they'd probably like to be putting the puck in the back of the net a little bit more. And and they're that part's been inconsistent for them from what we've been able to see and listen to um, from afar. What what I would say is that uh, the record does not matter. Um, we, we know they know us, we know them, um, you know, goal scoring, usually, you know, you have to outscore them to win, but it's usually whichever team chooses to defend the hardest, um, that wins the games. And, um, so I think that's what it'll come down to more. So is, is the team defense and who, um, doesn't hand deliver, um, easy offense to the other team. And, uh, that's always what it's been the last eight to 10 years. And I, I fully expect it to be that, especially in their home environment. You made some uh, lineup changes, uh, juggled your lines a little bit over the past weekend. Uh, Rizzo and Dornback, of course, in the top line, but joined by Tristan Bros. And of course, you had Thompson and Wright uh, together, but joined by Carter Mazur. Uh, plan to keep those combinations together this weekend? Yeah, we'll see where uh, we'll meet here as a staff um, and kind of talk about that. Uh, I did like, we all like the Rizzo, uh, Dornbach and Bros line. Thought they they did well. They, they generated a lot of different looks. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about the King line and, and how reliable they've been. And sure. And yeah, the Jared Wright scores two goals on Saturday um, with his group. So like the lines, um, but you always want to kind of, tinker and, and kind of see what works and um we may do some of that throughout the weekend um up there but the time will tell on that we thank you for your time this week coach as always good luck this weekend it's always fun to watch you and uh, Duluth they're always terrific games and uh we wish you all the best and we'll talk to you next week great thank you Sandy have a great day that's been the campus lounge coaches show with David Carl Sandy Clough alongside Follow DU this weekend, two 6 p.m. starts at Minnesota Duluth.
on 104.3 The Fan HD3. See you next week.